Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Hobo Thinga podcast. I wanted to give a special shout out to Velma, Wilma Noah's sister, who was letting me know that I'm actually pronouncing Hobo Thinga incorrectly. So (laughs) (laughs) thank you, Velma. But anyway, my name is Crystal Sedino, and I am the Training and Development Specialist for the Native Learning Center. And with us today... Hi, it's Wilma Noah, the Training and Development Specialist here at the Native Learning Center. Glad you could join us today. Yes, this podcast is actually really cool because it's a piggyback on one that we've done uh, previously, which was the Common Misconceptions of uh, the 184 program. Our special guest is back. His name is Eric Sprinkle. Say hello, Eric. Hello. All right. Well, Eric, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and First Tribal Lending and let us know what you have to say. (laughs) Perfect. Well, thank you. So my name's Eric Sprinkle. We do the HUD 184 Native American program. We're located here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I've been doing this specific mortgage program for the last 19 years now. And our group here out of this office, all we do every day is help tribal members anywhere from the West Coast to the East Coast and everywhere in between, utilizing the HUD 184 Native American program. Um, We've got loan officers right here in our office, along with processors and closers. So everything is done right here locally. Wanted to briefly kind of just go over the overview one more time based on our last call around the 184 program. But... Just so everybody is aware, the HUD 184 program was started basically the existence back in 1992, and it was to help tribal members get mortgage financing that they weren't able to get on trust land in the past due to the land status. And so HUD created this program that allowed tribal members to finally get some mortgage financing on tribal trust land. Well, fast forward a few years later, the program actually opened up where it allowed tribal members to utilize the program off the reservation as well. So many states um, are fully approved as far as the entire state. There are a few states out there um, that are only county specific that can utilize the program. But that's kind of the background of how long ago that program started um, and where it's at today. And again, our group, this is all we do is help tribal members on a daily basis. So I wanted to talk today about new construction. So one of the things that the HUD-184 program allows is not only mortgage financing for an existing home, but it also allows construction financing for those that you know want to build a house. Um, it does allow for manufactured homes as well as modular homes. Um, they do, in regards to the manufactured, they do have to be brand new homes. So if that's your plan is to put a brand new or put a manufactured home on your property, it does need to be brand new from a dealership moving on site. Uh, you can't go buy a manufactured home from somebody else and then move that on to uh, your property, at least for this type of financing. I'll go through kind of some bullet points of how this program works with that construction side. I'm going to start first with new construction where you're looking at building a brand new home from ground up there are going to be some differences as far as cost goes and requirements with the program depending on the type of construction you're going to do. So building a house on site from ground up, one of the things that we have to do is any construction amount over 25000 We have to first make sure that that contractor is approved, which means that we've got to do our due diligence 
and pull credit on that contractor. We need to make sure that they have enough liquid assets to cover each draw that they do for that construction phase. So one of the things with this program is we do not provide any funds upfront to the contractor. So the contractor gets paid as the work gets done. So first step is we get you as a tribal member approved under the mortgage program. Once we actually close the loan, those dollars, let's, let's use a 300,000 for an example. Let's say your total construction cost was $300,000 to build this house on your, on your property. And I'll use tribal trust land as an example. So you've got a home site lease on this land. So at closing, that $300,000 dollar amount now is going to be held with us in a work escrow. So the program says that it's going to be a construction loan and a permanent loan all in one. So when we close this loan for you, you're going to have that construction loan and permanent loan all in one. So for example, we close here in February, your first mortgage payment would then start April 1st. If we close in March, your first payment would be May 1st. So no different than closing on an existing home. You just have to realize that you're going to have start making a mortgage payment probably before that house is even hundred percent done. So keep that in mind. So that $300,000 example, that's going to be held with us upfront as the contractor does his or her work, they get paid for that work being done. So an inspector comes out and we will find a, an inspector to come out and do that. A lot of areas with tribes specifically have their own um, housing inspectors. If they're willing and able to do those inspections, then we can use them. And the nice thing about that is in most cases, there's no charge for those. So that inspector will come out, inspect the work that that contractor has done, and then can do a draw for that dollar amount that their contractor is wanting to draw for, for that work. So again, contractor doesn't get any money up front. They get paid as the work gets done. At closing, when we close that loan for you as a tribal member, the closing costs all consist of your lender fees, your title company fees, if there are any, and then your prepaids, which is going to be your first year's homeowner's insurance. Now with new construction, the insurance that we'll need is going to be builder's risk insurance. On tribal trust land, there is an insurance company called Amerind risk management. They actually insure properties on trust land. Their insurance is built into where they can do a builder's risk policy that will convert to a homeowner's insurance policy once that house is 100% done. So if you're applying for insurance with Ameren, you'll want to let them know that, hey, I'm doing new construction on tribal trust land. I want to make sure that I have builder's risk up front that will convert to a homeowner's insurance policy once the house is 100% done. So they can provide that for you. So that's one big thing on new construction you'll have to make sure that you have. The other big thing with new construction and specifically with building a, a new house from ground up is the HUD-144 program requires a 10% contingency on any new construction. And what that basically means is whatever your total construction cost is, so in the example of 300,000, you're gonna have your closing costs plus this 10% contingency that you'll have to come up with at closing. That 10% contingency 
is used for any unforeseen costs during construction. So if contractor comes back and says, you know, I, I know I bid this out at 300,000 and, and that's the dollar amount that you guys closed with, but unfortunately the price of materials went up on me. It's another five or $6,000 that I've got to now cover that 10% contingency. So in this case, it's roughly 30,000, which is that 10% of that 300,000, that 30,000 then can be used for any unforeseen costs during construction. Or let's say that you go talk to the contractor and you're like, I know we had this all drawn out, but walking through the, the house now, now that it's framed up, I'd like to move this wall or I'd like to add a window here. That's where you can tap into that contingency again for those unforeseen costs during construction. It's a lot of money, you know, 10% of your total construction cost but it's being used during construction for those unforeseen costs. Now let's fast forward. The house is now hundred percent complete. You paid that 10% of your own money at closing. So that 30,000, once the house is hundred percent complete, that 10% or any unused portion of that 10% can go back to your pocket. If you didn't tap into it up front, we got to collect it. It's being used for unforeseen costs. Once the house is hundred percent done, any unused portion will go back to you. If for example, the appraised value comes in higher than your total construction cost, and you are able to finance in that 10% contingency, any unused portion after the house is hundred percent done would go back to your principal balance. So you wouldn't get it back because you financed it in. It would go back to your principal balance. The other thing to keep in mind is your mortgage payment won't ever, as far as the principal and interest won't change. So if we closed your loan today and you're making, let's just say it's, you know, a $1,500 mortgage payment. Once the house is hundred percent done, let's say you didn't use any of that 30,000 contingency, but you you know, financed it into your loan, that 30,000 goes into your principal balance. However, it doesn't then take, doesn't change your mortgage payment. You're still paying based on what you originally financed when we closed your loan. Cause again, it's a single closed construction loan. It's a permanent loan and a construction loan all in one other things to keep in mind. And when we get to that stage where we know this is going to be new construction, we will have a conversation with the contractor. Honestly, just had one of these yesterday with the contractor, just explaining to them how the process works. Um, because I will tell you 99.9% .9 of the time, most contractors out there have never heard of the program. And a lot of times they are putting in their own terms of how they want to get paid. And unfortunately we have to go off of what the Hudson Murray four program allows, not what their, their contract states. So like our conversation we had yesterday with this contractor, this individual had to revise their contract and they were okay with it because the way I explained it was once we close that loan for that tribal member, it's no different than buying an existing home. They sign a mortgage, they sign their note, all the normal, mortgage documents are signed at closing. At that point, they have a, a loan, a real deal, and those dollars are now set aside to have this house built. So the money's there for that contractor to now start digging. 
but we always tell the contractor, do not put a shovel in the ground until we actually close that loan and those funds that are available. Because prior to that, I can't guarantee of the day we close or a tribal member calling up and saying, you know, I think I've decided not to do this right now. And so we don't want contractors to exhaust any funds out of their pocket on the construction until we've actually closed. Right. And have you ever been in a situation, Eric, where they've put the shovel in the ground before, you know, all of this has been like finalized? Good question. Not on this example, but Mm -hmm. let's switch gears to like manufactured. This is where a lot of times a dealership in order to, you know, let's say the dealership doesn't have a manufactured home on site. They actually Mm -hmm. have to order it from their plant. Mm -hmm. I will have those sales agents from the, the manufactured dealership call and say, Hey, where are we at with closing the loan? I really need to order this this home so that I can get it in line. Mm-hmm. And I will tell them, it's totally up to you guys if you wanna order that home right now, but you have to understand that until we close the loan, you're taking on the risk of ordering that house and this falling through. A little bit about the manufactured home. I wanna switch gears here. So let's say we've got a tribal member wanting to do a new manufactured home and put that on property on the reservation. So the big thing with manufactured homes is, again, it's got to be brand new. It's got to come from a dealership. The program requires that the home be put on a permanent foundation that meets HUD standards. Most dealerships already have those requirements in place. They've got a, a foundation or an engineered foundation report that they can provide us to show what they are going to do for that permanent foundation underneath. So as a tribal member, you're gonna get a contract from the dealership for this new manufactured home with the breakdown of the cost for the home. Maybe that dealership does the foundation as well. So there'll be a cost for that. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a cost for setup and delivery for the home as well. A little bit different scenario here with manufactured home is as far as the contingency fee. So that 10% contingency on manufactured homes is based on the total cost minus the manufactured home. Mm-hmm. So HUD warranty four says that if you've got, if you're going to be buying a brand new manufactured home, let's say the home cost was 130,000 and the setup foundation, you know, hooking up to water and sewer, all of that is another 50,000. HUD warranty force says only include that 10% contingency on that 50,000 and not the manufactured home cost because manufactured homes typically aren't going to change. They've got, you know, set floor plans already in place. So that contingency dollar amount comes down quite a bit on manufactured Mm -hmm. homes. So instead of that 300,000, 10% of that being 30,000, you've got the 130 for the manufactured home plus the other costs, which comes out to be, as an example, 50,000. Now we're only at 5,000 for a contingency cost. Mm-hmm. So big difference in costs going from stick built from ground up to manufactured. Okay. Now, Eric, what if you're a tribal member? You know how there's shortage of bases to build homes. So you want to purchase land have new construction. I qualify for a HUD 184, but I don't have any land. Yep. Good question. 
And this happens a lot too. So in, in many cases, the tribal member maybe doesn't even want to live on the reservation. They're right. like, you know what? Yep. I want to move off the reservation or I want to, I want to just live off the reservation. So how do I go about doing that? You can actually, you know, let's say you find a property or a lot, you would then have a purchase contract between you, the tribal member and the seller of that lot. And then you would also have a contract for whatever it is that you plan to do on that property. If it's mm -hmm. a building a, a new home from ground up, then you would have a contract between you and the contractor for that. Or you would have a, um, a construction contract from a manufactured dealership for a manufactured home and the cost for that to put on that piece of property. When Do we, you help the buyer with that, with all that? Because that's a lot of steps. It is. And that's where <laughs> when we up front, the first thing we want you to do is do a pre-qualification. So Wilma calls up today and says, Eric, I'd like to apply for the Hutton Warty 4 program. I'm looking at wanting to do new construction. I'm not sure yet if I want to do this on the reservation or off the reservation, where do I go from here? First step then is we have a pre-qualification form, basically a short form of an application that we send out. They'll complete that. They'll send that back along with their credit documents, pay stubs, W-2s, bank statements, tribal ID. From there, we'll pull credit. We'll look at income debts. If credit-wise everything looks good, we'll calculate out what it appears they may qualify for based on their income and debts. And then from that, we can call and talk more specific about now, what exactly is it that you want to do? Are you wanting to build on the reservation or off? And then we can go through the details of really what those next steps are, because I'll be honest with you, it's very overwhelming to someone that's never done this before. Yes. Yeah. I imagine. Mm -hmm. So yes, we talk through from A to Z, kind of those next steps. And it might be many conversations before anything gets started. And that's fine. I would rather have lots of conversations before they go out and sign a contract for anything than not understand what's going on. And so, okay, so then I have a question. So does the loan assist in purchasing the property that the, or yeah, assist in purchasing the land that the new construction is going to go on or it does. is that something? It does. Yep. So what you'll have then is at closing, when we close that loan, mm -hmm. the dollar amount for the, for the land will then get paid out at closing to the seller. Mm -hmm. Then the seller is gone. Now this land is now in the tribal member ownership. Oh, that's so cool. Yep. The dollar <laughs> amount to build the house then yeah. is held with us in that construction account and it gets paid out as the work gets done. Oh, that's so cool. Like that 50,000 you were talking about with like the setup, electrical, sewer, all that stuff. Yep, exactly. So okay. on top of that, a lot of times on new construction, the tribe or Indian health service mm -hmm. provides the water and sewer service for those tribal members. Mm -hmm. And that's perfectly fine. We just have to make sure that we get a letter from either the tribe, if they're providing it or Indian health service stating that, you know, we're providing the water and sewer service at no cost to this tribal member. And we need to have that before we close. So we're not asking the tribal member to get a bid for that cost as well. Right. 
I had one more question. <laughs> in regards to, so I'm just going to kind of like backtrack just a tiny bit. So you were mentioning earlier about, you know, the construction workers that and companies that have never really worked with, you know, this kind of like loan and whatnot. And, you know, you tell them not to start breaking ground quite yet. Right. Um, do you have a list or anything of like, or any ideas of how, you know, I guess construction companies that maybe have worked um, with the loan or anything like that? Like, how can we make that process just a little bit easier yes. on everything? Good question. So we do have, so once a contractor goes through that process with us of getting approved, they're now approved with us for future projects. Oh, good. Yep. So it's not a, every time they do a deal with a tribal member, they have to get reapproved. Once we right. do that upfront with them, they're already approved. And if we have a new contractor that, you know, is just questioning how the program, you know, works or just not quite, I don't know not quite certain that this is going to work, we can get them right. in touch with other contractors that have used this program before. Oh, good. Oh, okay. oh that's so good. Yeah, that's great. We've okay. got a, a dedicated construction group within our first tribal lending um, program, where once we close that loan, the contractor, the tribal member, they'll all be in touch with that construction group. I don't go away. You can still reach out to me, but we <laughs> do have dedicated staff for that. <laughs> well, we hope you don't go away. <laughs> oh, it's funny. All right. That's so wonderful. Oh, this is so helpful. Yes. Well, good. I, I'm sure there's going to be more questions, but again, I just want to reassure everybody that it's not going to be new construction's not the easiest process, Right. but we want to try and help alleviate some of that. And we'll try to help step-by-step step with, you know, everything from, from A to Z. Did you have anything else you wanted to add, mention? Yeah, so we've talked about both the, the single close for stick built, manufactured. Remember, you can do modular as well. And then on top of that, you can do a purchase plus rehab. So let's say somebody wants to buy this existing home, but it's going to need some work done to it. Maybe it needs a new roof or new windows or, I don't know, maybe new cabinets, countertops things like that. So the program does allow for the purchase plus rehab as well. You would just need to get a bid from a contractor for that work that is going to be done. That work has to be at least $10,000. So, okay. That so in like mind a... on, yep. Purchase plus rehab, that 10% or that, that rehab has to be at least $10,000 or more. Other than that, as far as contact information, uh, oh, right. You guys can reach me direct here at 605-610-0961. Um, our toll-free number is going to be, I should have that memorized by now. I apologize. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, our our toll-free um, number is 855-288-3123. And do we have an email? <laughs> email is going to be Eric. That's E-R-I-C dot S as in Sam, P as in Paul, R-E-N-K-L-E at one, the numeral one, tribal dot com. And the other good resource for you guys is you can reach out to our website. It has a lot of, 
interactive stuff, videos that talks about the program as well. Um, our website is www.hud184loans.com. So that's www.hud184loans.com. Great. We really appreciate this, Eric. Thank you. Thank you. And since we, (laughs) I got a phone call yesterday mentioning that I speak a little too fast when giving our contact information. So I'll go ahead and slow it down. Um, If you need to reach us at the Native Learning Center, whether it be Wilma or myself, our phone number is 954-985-2. Three one five, and my extension is one oh seven zero one, and Wilma's is one zero six six four, and that's probably going to be the best way to reach us <laughs> because our email is super long. So right, give us a call if you have anything. And, to discuss right and if um you need to get in touch with eric or you know you weren't able to catch it on the podcast or whatever it may be we'll answer the phone and get you guys connected and um that way you can get started on becoming a homeowner yeah. how exciting perfect all right yeah so thank you so much eric well thank really you guys yes thank you very much so all right guys Well, we'll go ahead and close this out. Thanks for listening in on this week's podcast. Yes, thank you. All right. Bye now.